0: Welcome to Disruption Blueprint with Shannon Spotswood from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help advisors grow their net worth, build their businesses, and maximize their independence. We've built an award-winning platform with innovative technology, comprehensive service, and a team of individuals who are experts in their field to serve advisors. Join us for this journey where we explore everything that has to do with running an independent advisor practice as we bring together successful advisors, industry experts, and innovative minds who are on the bleeding edge to challenge the status quo, foster new ideas, and create a path for advisors to unleash their growth potential. Now, on to the show.
1: David, it is so great to be with you in (laughs) a remote location. Right. Beautiful sunny Florida for Advisor Retreat. Welcome to Disruption Blueprint.
2: Thank you for having me, Shannon. I'm really happy to be here. It's my first event retreat with RFG since we joined last June. And uh, What do you think so far? So far, it's been fantastic. I'm really excited about the FB Alpha thing because yeah. the potential there, from my perspective, we're already doing what they're doing, but it's time-consuming as hell. Yeah. And what I saw was, oh, shit, this can I can really scale up. You know, now yeah. we can really move this out to more clients, do more with it, and make the job easier prepping for these meetings. So I, I was excited about that. Obviously, um, I'm, I'm big into energy and diet and yeah. health and all that. So the, uh, the, the lady, I can't, can't remember
1: her name. Olivia Hale.
2: Yes. She, I thought she did a really nice job talking about it. It was a real brief overview, but yeah. I'm looking forward to maybe going home and going through that book. It'll
1: be fun. Absolutely. As a take-home uh,
2: getaway. So anyway, think- so far, so good. And, and the marketing this morning – Obviously marketing is top of mind for me and I know you're gonna ask me questions about that. So that's something that is keen in my mind right now in terms of continuing the growth and providing a great succession opportunity for my team when I do yeah. step back.
1: So, yeah. Well, which I'm so, step back a little bit. No, no. I'm so glad to hear you say that because we really try with the advisor retreat to create something that's really special and thoughtfully designed for impact or Mm -hmm. advisors like this isn't oh you're a sponsor you automatically get a speaking spot you know talk about whatever you want to talk about it's like no no you know education in the morning is all about your practice evening programming is all about your person but the reality of it is you got to weave those two things together to really have the high profit high happiness that we're all seeking
2: absolutely absolutely that's what it's all about Mm -hmm. okay
1: so You've basically, in just over a decade, which I love the fact that you have a chapter before you became an advisor, and over a decade, you've built this really vibrant practice. You spent two years doing due diligence. You were independent, but really two years thinking about what's the next iteration of independence, how you wanted to be set up for your eventual succession plan. And in the end, you transitioned after two years of due diligence in June of 2022. Yeah, it wasn't
2: the perfect time for the, which our, is, our
1: I mean, literally yeah. one of the most stressful. <laughs> I've always said, I'm like, you're gonna win the award oh, for boy. like most volatile, most stressful times to transition. And <clears> it, <throat> you know, it was a success. Like you, you guys really it it, you buckled down. Your clients came with you. It went as planned against like, and it's what's so interesting about it to me is that you can plan and plan and due diligence and due diligence. And in the end, you can't control all the variables and here you no. are in the teeth of volatility, making the transition. So what is your advice for advisors who either are in a captive environment thinking about independence or are independent, but want more, they want more control and more independence.
2: Well, if, most advisors are in the business as i left the corporate world to become an advisor really to be an entrepreneur and really help people you know and to feel like you know on a daily basis i was able to give to people and really help them in a lot of different ways so if you're in a captive scenario you're real limited in what you can do yeah maybe a little bit here a little bit you're limited you're not able to bring your personal touch what you can really provide to clients to bear if you're sitting out there as, as a captive yep. scenario or even associated in my mind with a broker-dealer because let's face it, broker-dealers push product. Right. Uh, they push concept and they push product. I mean, I was brainwashed into thinking that annuities and alternative investments were part of what you had to do and that was part of the business and that, you know, didn't work without it. Well, that's not true. Right. Uh, you know, those products actually have a lot of pitfalls, a lot of costs. Really good for the companies pushing the products and the broker-dealer. Yeah. Not necessarily great in every case for the client. There might be some situations where they fit, you know, and annuities do have good income benefits. You know, there's some things yeah. out there. But the real push is not going to be necessarily what you doing the best thing for your client. So right. by being independent, uh, and my affiliation with RFG was very – we thought it out a whole lot because I could have just yeah. gone straight RIA myself right. um, on a standalone basis, but with you guys having already done so much, right. and actually you were ahead of the BDs in my opinion, You and you are, you're ahead of the BDs in terms of your tech yeah. set. Your tech yeah. stack is, I still think, the best I've seen. That had a lot to do with our decision. Um, and it also provided the greatest opportunity for my team right. to be able to um, scale up do things they hadn't been able to do before, um, make it easier for them to serve our clients, make it all, make it easier for all of us to serve yeah. the clients, which I believe is what's been happening in the past year. It's not been quite a year yet. And we're already reaping the benefits. we brought on clients now with single signatures. Oh my God, what a difference. Uh, you know, having a you know, from the broker-dealer world, you had all this paperwork for every single account now. They're already with Fidelity or they're already with Schwab. They just sign a piece of paper and they're your client and you're yeah. managing the assets. That's like, what? Life changing. Oh, yeah. It's like life changing. <laughs> it really is. And I joke, I say sometimes, too, the other side of that equation, haven't I do this yet? But if I do, it's sort of nice to know that I could actually turn off a client if they weren't listening to us and they didn't. They wanted to do something that I didn't agree with. I could say, you know what? You want to do that? Click. Yep. Go, Go ahead, to retail. It. Go to retail. You're now retail. Do it yourself. Right. That kind of control and power, in a sense, uh, really makes a difference in the advisory world and opens the door for a lot of potential growth and opportunities for the firm and for my team. And that's really what I'm thinking about now uh, is, you know, how is the team going to make this work? How do we scale up? How do we get bigger and better so that there's an opportunity i step back for everybody to continue to grow and do well
1: well and that's part of what i love about your mindset like you got through the transition through 2022 the volatility all the rest of it and you came into 2023 really anchored on that like what can i do to help position the firm in a really successful way for an eventual succession uh you know game plan and a big part of that you know for 2023 is you're making this significant like significant investment in marketing you know you're you're planning on investing upwards of 5% of mm-hmm. annualized revenue in radio and social media in events um, so you' you've adopted this mindset around like go big or go home <laughs> and it's it's oftentimes I think advisors you know you've already got a very large very successful practice wouldn't necessarily hit the accelerator. Be like, no, no, we're going to go even bigger. We're going to invest even more. So why did you make that decision? Like how, like why did you decide now is the time?
2: Um, Well, you know, I built my practice through teaching educational seminars. That's how I built the practice. I spent, uh, I mean, the first 10 years of my Practice. That's really what I did, almost exclusively from a marketing standpoint. And I did spend marketing dollars, so it wasn't wasn't a huge amount of money, but I certainly spent marketing yeah. dollars to grow the business. And you know, of course, that's just me teaching classes. Yeah, that's not building the brand. That's not the firm. That's not every. What's not all we do? You know, and COVID hit. Yeah. Okay, so classes went away. Couldn't do class it in person. Dismissed. Yeah, class dismissed. <laughs> couldn't do. Couldn't do that. Um, and really, when I started to go back into the classes, they weren't as, didn't seem to be as viable, in other words. And I also started thinking about from a succession standpoint, there's nobody on my team that's gonna be able to come in and teach these classes. So I said, well, what else can we do? We need to do something else, something yeah. that will, continue, will survive a COVID type event, yeah. uh, something that um, we can build on and has lots of arms and lots of touch points for clients, and for prospective clients. We want to reach yeah. out and build the brand name of the firm up so that um, when when I'm not there, you know, the firm is yeah. going to be able to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, to be able to take care of me when I'm gone, but also they're going to have a steady stream of new clients coming in from what we put in place. And that's a combination of doing podcasts, it's a combination of doing marketing both on social media and I'm planning on doing a radio program as well. And yes, I'm going to spend some money, but I, you know, I was thinking this morning, it's sort of, it's sort of funny. A lot of people think about ROI, return on investment with Mark, but you know, we're advisors. Okay. So when we get a client, what's a client worth? So, so a client, let's say they got a million dollars. Yeah. That's roughly $10,000 in revenue per year. Yeah. For a firm, right? Forever,
1: <laughs> not
2: not this year,
1: right? Not but one next
2: time. year, the following year, yeah. the following year. So, one client can pay for a lot of marketing potentially when you think about it that way. Right. And so, um,
1: it's this whole notion, in our industry has never really done a great job of customer acquisition cost, which is commonplace everywhere, everywhere else. else, right?
2: And and when I really when I started my when I really started doing what I was doing. I'll be honest, you know, Robbie, my wife, she didn't like me spending all that money on on right. those classes, you know, because I, I had to promote the classes and show up. I actually started out doing dinner seminars originally and yeah. then switched to the classes. But, you know, promoting and getting them out, I mean, that was expensive. And she was like, you know, and then sometimes I wouldn't hardly get anybody out of the class, you know, maybe one or two right. clients or something. I said, look, you have to understand, we got two clients out of that. Right. Okay. One of them has $3 million invested with us now. That is a lot of revenue for us every year as long as we do a good job and keep that client, yeah. which, by the way, I don't, I mean, I rarely ever lose a client. It's usually if I do, it's because they're working with the brother or the sister or the brother-in-law or something like that. Yeah. It's it's pretty unusual for us to lose a client. And most advisors are like that. Yeah. If you're doing a good job, you don't lose your client. So. Right what's the ROI? I said, look, we don't even have to, you know, they they paid for all of our marketing for this year and next year and the following year, just those two clients. So it's a way to think about it differently. And, um, and so I never minded spending money on marketing because I understood that long-term payback on, from an ROI perspective on your marketing dollar.
1: I mean, that's going to be the drop the mic moment of this podcast because I think so many advisors instead get like, fixated on, I'm going to spend, you know, $500 a month, or I'm going to spend, you know, these minuscule amounts. But I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think it's really helpful for advisors to hear, it's almost giving them permission to invest in their business. Like you cannot expect to build a large and thriving practice by not really saying, I'm going to, you know, you're an entrepreneur. What do entrepreneurs do all day long? Take risk manage their business, invest in their people, invest in their business. Yeah.
2: And so many advisors start out thinking that they've got to sell their friends and family. Right. And that's, you know, well, you know, well, I was, I was a corporate executive for years. I moved back to the Richmond area from having lived and traveled all over the country. Right. I didn't know anybody there, Right. Right. you know, so I did have family, but they were all spread out and they certainly weren't well, well, anyway, right. they're whoa, not going yeah, to yeah. build a business <laughs> right. that way um, with with just your family. That's for sure. So I needed a way to reach a lot of people. And, and you know, one of the things that I started out in this industry over 40 years ago um, as a college agent for Northwestern Mutual Life. And the yeah. guy that trained me said, it's 10-3-1, David, it's 10-3-1. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, talk to 10 people, you get three appointments, you make one sale. Yeah. And you know what? It still that's holds true, doesn't true it? today. Yeah. But think about it in terms of marketing too, yeah. because you just need to get out there and just be, build the brand, build the awareness, touch as many people as possible, talk to as many people as possible. And in my mind, the other thing that I added, this was sort of my add to, help as many people without any expectation for anything in return. Yeah. So when I taught my classes, that was my attitude. I was, I was there to help everybody in that class in some way. I was gonna give them some information, give them some help that they would find beneficial. And honestly, the feedback I got was overwhelming because people were like, I wish I had done this 20 years ago, you know. They just didn't understand all the ins and outs of personal finance and how important, you know, planning is uh, and getting ahead is. Uh, And They just didn't understand. So they were real appreciative. And I did help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And um, and now what I'm sort of wanna do with this new approach is help even more people expand yeah. out beyond uh just being able to teach a few people in a classroom and I'm, i want to reach as many as possible and that's my thinking uh, and that's, and that's, the that's the part of what of I, that's the sort of like medium my, and, and that's also sort of my longer term mission you know how do yeah. i want to be remembered all that stuff they were talking about this morning. legacy is,
1: what's your legacy what's my
2: legacy i yeah. i want to build a business that is remembered for having helped a lot of people
1: so it's interesting that you you say that about 10 3, one because I have a lot of conversations with a lot of advisors, especially young advisors, and uh, what I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised by is how they're spending their time. And I love this notion, you know, because you really built your business like one client at a time, literally. I mean, you didn't buy a book; no mm-hmm. one just dropped them in your lap. It was show up and do the hard work. And as you and Robbie have, you know, shared with me, like there were some top ramen ears where oh, yeah. you're building, oh, well, building the firm well, in this 10 was, three, one So talk mm. about that because I feel like in some ways that's become a lost art.
2: Hmm. Well, you know, part of it was I just didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know how hard it would be to grow mm-hmm. a business. I expected to have a business that was generating two or $300,000 a year in revenue inside of a year or so. Mm-hmm. All right. 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 Did in one year almost but right. <laughs> but i didn't know that that was yes. hard to do okay right. i didn't know that going in. i just i just knew here's my number right i knew well i knew what i could bring to the table i knew that i could teach i knew that i could educate i knew i understood the business really well because i of all my years in the yeah. business i was also very fortunate in that one of the companies i work for was i had been sort of an entrepreneurial company where they did an ipo I was one of the first people in. I helped build the business. I had a lot of stock shares yeah. uh, when they went, did their IPO. I had, f- not, I wasn't wealthy, but I had money yeah. to fall back on, to use to help me start my business. Yeah. And I, my mindset was I'm gonna go three years. Can I go three years without really on my own? So in other words, had, did I have enough money to run the business and not take money out of the business for three years? That was my mindset yeah. going on, going in. And we were getting in, we were into the third year, and I was beginning to, we started talking, do I maybe just need to go back and get a job doing what I was doing before? Because keep in mind, I was doing really well right. before. It wasn't right. like it was a, a bad situation, except for the travel and the stress. But, um, you know, we, we just, we were struggling. It was not easy. We yes. worried, will it make it? I can remember one day, I, I told myself, I can still remember this. It was actually really early on because I had been doing this for a little while and hadn't really gotten a client. I said, you know what, this is one of the things I've done a couple of times in my life when I just said, okay, just relax, turn it over, you know, yeah. get out of the way and let it happen. And relax. Yeah. I, got a, I got a new client like right away. Like the yeah. next day they showed up yeah. and it was like, okay, something, you you have to understand that if you're doing if you're putting the right kind of energy out there, yeah, right kind of mindset, right kind of feel, and you're doing it in a way that is really going to benefit others, and yeah. yeah, that's your goal. No, nothing back to me. Yeah, guess what? The universe yeah. does for you. They, the universe, brings it back for you. Yeah, and that's something I I've really has been a, a sort of a corner point of, of everything that I think about and do with my business and in my personal life too. You know, it's just relax and let, let life flow through you. But right. I also not the type to sit around and not do anything. Yeah, You have to take action. Yeah, You know, you can think about a lot of things, but if you don't take action, that's one of the reasons I just decided, okay, we're going to bite the bullet here. I, I need to do something different. This makes sense to me. I feel like I can reach a lot of, I can, all yeah. my, all the pieces fell into place. So let's do this. Let's do the podcast. Let's do the radio advertising yeah. uh, and let's really push social media and the client events this year and see how that plays out. Right. Because I really think that'll help us to grow. Of course, then I'm planning on moving into office because we need to expand. It's just so I had a lot on my plate this year. Uh-huh. Robbie says we're supposed to retire. Okay. okay, so let's what, talk are about, yeah. what are you doing? What
1: are you doing? So let's talk about that because one of the beautiful things about, you know, RVA is that you did found it with your wife. I did. And, and Ravi has been an integral part of the success. She's really defined the client experience. <laughs> she is, you know, has shaped in large measure where the firm is today. I mean, your desks are like millimeters apart. The woman is the same. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know if I'd still be married she, if I yeah, said that I don't to know my husband how, I don't know how day. she does it either. <laughs> but now she's getting ready to retire. And so she's going to retire before you. Yes. Very intentionally. Yep. But how, how has that experience been? Because I think a lot of advisors, like that is almost an unspoken benefit of independence is that you can craft your firm you can. to be the way you want it to That's be. That's
2: very true. You know, I spent first, you know, 25 years of my career, I was on the road all the time. So yeah. I was hardly at home during the week. So our relationship, well, was really not, you know, it was secondary to a large wow. extent. Um You didn't have time to invest. I in didn't it. have time to invest. And uh, and so I, but, and I, and I wasn't going to bring her in initially to the my business. It was really, I was going into it and then I, I started to get some new cases, new business in, and I started doing paperwork. Well, I discovered much to my chagrin that I am terrible. I mean, the world's worst at paperwork. Everything was getting sent back. Uh, I just, I had to do it, had to go back to the client two or three times. Right. It was so embarrassing. And I went to my wife who happens to be a mechanical engineer, by the way, right. by education. She's a brilliant, brilliant person, very detail-oriented. Yeah. I said, can you help me with this paperwork just on a part-time basis? Well, that part-time basis yeah. turned into full-time because she did such an outstanding job. And I found out very quickly, she was so personal. Clients love her; they yeah. they come to see her as much as they do to see me. Right. So they want to know what's going on, with Robbie, and where yeah. you know how the kids, and you know that's what they they come in and talk to Robbie a lot. Um, uh, and sometimes I have to drag them away from her for <laughs> the client the meeting. meeting. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get into the client meeting now. So and they're out there still talking about trips and things and kids and grandchildren and. Uh, it's just, it's been wonderful because, you know, she really excels at what she does with the business. I don't think she necessarily likes it, but she's really good at it.
1: Right? (laughs) She's ready to retire. She's ready to retire.
2: (laughs) But, um, it's been wonderful to have that closeness with her all these years. Now it's has certainly had its challenges. I won't say that, you know, huh? Yeah. So right all, everything's no, perfect. no 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 we we definitely it is challenging when work and because a lot of times unfortunately what happens is work you comes home, home both of us do yeah. not just it's not right. it's both of us yeah. and then we're we're working at home together right <laughs> all, right all it's like wait a minute we need a break <laughs> yeah let's
1: go let's go up for dinner no yeah. work
2: yeah really so it's both a blessing because we've gotten closer in a lot of ways and then it it is also has its challenges.
1: And what's been, I think, important for, you know, for you is that you've grown the firm, you've professionalized the firm, you've brought in a a team around her. It hasn't just been the two of you tag teaming this. And, and as we started this, you know, big part of your move to, to true full independence was around succession planning. So you have a very talented young advisor in your practice, and you've been very upfront about wanting to plan your succession. And in some ways, you know, it's the most obvious thing in the world, right? You're a financial advisor. Of course, you're planning your succession. This is your profession. And yet here we are, average age of a financial advisor in the United States is north of 60. And we are still pinned. (laughs) We're only about 15 to 18% have succession plans. So where are you on that journey? And how did you come to the realization? Like, I need to get serious about this.
2: Well, obviously I'm for, for one thing, I'm, I'm turning 65 in a couple of months. So I don't even like talk about that, but I actually have my Medicare card in my pocket now. (laughs) You're buying discounts um, in your discounts. So, So, uh, you know, I'm, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. You have to start thinking about it at some point. And obviously Robbie's like, you know, all we do is work. So, Hey, let's, let's have some us time. Yeah. Um, and right now, by the way, she is driving across country with my daughter in her new camper and they're, I don't and know. And the where dogs. No, and one dog. I've only got one dog with them, uh, because my daughter has two, but they do have one dog and just having a blast and not and just sending everything workwise back to the office so That's because awesome. we do have a good team on, around all both of us now yeah. to where we do feel like we can step out you yeah. know and not be there 100% of the time which is great and you know what i would so to advisors thinking about you know when do you do that well I want to tell you something. You bring in another advisor to work with you and all of a sudden you're a bigger firm. You would be amazed how quickly your revenue goes up when you do that. When yeah. you are no longer a one-man team, you're a two-man team. I'm a we're a four-man team now. I have right. I have I have Mike, I have Caleb, I have John. Caleb's a young guy. Caleb's yeah. Caleb's the my successor. Successor because he's well, he's passionate. I don't know. I've never met a more passionate person when it comes to financial planning and getting it right. Yeah, he really cares. Yep. Yeah. and he want and he cares about the clients, and he goes way above and beyond, doing lots of I've just. I've been very fortunate throughout my career to identify individuals that, in actually three other situations where I left firms to join other opportunities, my the people I hired and trained became my successors, yep. stepped into those roles. And actually that was by plan because I I brought people on board that I thought could do the job better than me. Yep. yeah. And that had the initiative to do the job. Because I always look for that. That key thing to me is always that personal initiative. I right. look for that. I, I mean, and Caleb's got it in droves. Caroline's got it. Into, well, my whole team does, yeah. but in two in particular that I've really noticed recently has been both Caleb and Caroline, my two youngest yeah. members of my team that show that initiative. They go the extra mile for the clients. They think ahead to do things. Sometimes Caleb's initiative is almost overboard because it's so much. <laughs> uh, Cause he comes, he's all these ideas and he wants to do this and that. I'm like, right, so I have to really mint a little bit, but still, you know, he's thinking yeah. and passionate about it. And so you know, having people on your team like that grows your practice, right? Because it has absolutely yep. done yep. that for us. But more importantly, now we're in a position that, because um, we act as an ensemble practice, so clients meet with all. I've yep. got a regular sort of a schedule now. I don't meet with the clients as much anymore. It's really Mike team. and Caleb, or or John and Caleb, or or sometimes Mike and Cal- just depends on who the client is as to who's meeting yep. with them i may come in and give an overview of things for that day or speak for a few minutes with the client just to maintain that contact but really it's the team yep. running the meetings now uh, which is fantastic i mean and they do a they do a better job right. than i ever did
1: well and it's been so fun because it's been multiple minds <laughs> when you made the move when you when you transitioned to RFG to watch them like both psychologically kind of go through the process of like oh we have ownership over this now. Like yes. the energy level and the like Lifted. what you're talking. Yes. yes. Yes, it's, it's been it did. amazing.
2: And um and you know you know Caleb's very excited about wanting to take on more and do more. Yeah. And he's very capable too. That's right. the other thing. I know he can do it. So I feel yeah. really confident about bringing him more now. Now, could he teach my classes? I don't think so.
1: It's not his personality. That's not his That's, that's not his, strength. his
2: that's not his strength. But he yeah. has he has other strengths that are fantastic. Right. So Yeah. I'm real serious about taking this to the next level, but I want to have a practice that's fully rounded, has lots of potential for growth, has a lot of opportunity to continue to grow. Yeah. Uh, I may, and I plan on interviewing and seeing if I can find sort of a sales type personality to replace me because really my team is built, I'm the sales personality. Right. Everybody else is more nuts and bolts and get it done and provide the confidence to the client that that they're getting real value because- all the stuff they were talking about today in these meetings for clients, you know, the finan the, the, uh, uh, tax planning, the estate planning, um, all of that's, we're doing that Yep, already have been for all of our top yep. clients and even some of our lower tier clients. So the, the, when clients come and meet with us, they understand the value of what we were providing very clearly. They get it and they, and they understand how personalized yep. it is. We, we spend, I mean, we block out and, an hour and a half for a client meeting. Right. Actually right. block out two hours because we like a half an hour uh, buffer. buffer. So that's, and we try to limit them to two a day so that we can give our all to the clients right. while they're there. And we are steady. We always make the follow-up appointment when yeah. the client's You've there. You've
1: got a real cadence for how you real,
2: manage the Real Yes. Firm. And it's, I don't know. It's just, I feel, I'm so excited because now I feel good about when I do step out that there's going to be a viable firm behind me right. and I'd like for it to keep them there. Part of the reason I didn't sell because I had that opportunity right. or do one of those other options that were available yeah. to me was I would have to give up that identity a little bit. And to, to a large extent, Caleb would lose out because I would be selling or selling a right. part of the business or something like that. And it wouldn't give him that opportunity. Right. So I wanted to make and that I'd possible. Like
1: that there's been, you know, we're just starting all the kind of nuts and bolts around designing the succession plan but what I think has been such an important lesson that you have demonstrated and you have walked is the intentionality of communication. Like you made this move very thoughtfully to be fully independent. You've brought Caleb and the rest of the team along to show them the path to ownership. This is what my legacy will be. This will be the springboard for your future. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you've put you know your life's work in a place that can be monetized, that can, you, you will reap the reward for that thoughtfulness.
2: Well, and that's part of it. I mean, I'm not totally altruistic right. with this stuff. I mean, I, I want to, these are
1: for-profit businesses. Yeah, These are
2: for-profit businesses. <laughs> and one of my goals over the next several years is to really drive up uh, my valuation of the firm yeah. so that when I step out, I get maximum value for that uh, because I want to do a lot of stuff right. in retirement. I've got some plans, you know, and that yeah. doesn't come. Some of the stuff I want to do is not cheap. Yep. So uh, some of the stuff Robbie wants to do is not cheap, so <laughs> I got to be prepared for that. And we want to do things like that, and at the same time continue to give back and know that that firm is there and continuing to help Serve people, your not just my clients but the yeah. future clients too. Right. So that's so the firm continues to help the community because that's what we really do as advisors yeah. is we help our community. Right, uh, and we give back all in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you start talking about helping people, individual people realize, or it's not so much realize, you help them basically set aside all of their fears and concerns, and give them the confidence to know they can pursue their dreams in retirement. Right, and and it could be the dream in retirement yeah. is another career. It could be something else. I've helped, I've coached several clients through starting second careers that wanted to do yeah. that. That was just their goal. I've helped people retire as early as 45, you know, and they were, they're still retired to this day and doing extremely well. So, I, you know, those, everybody's goals and desires are different for retirement. And then I have my other clients that have become extremely philanthropic yeah. just, and and we encourage that, you know, because we yeah. keep saying, look, you see this chart, okay, <laughs> You're going to have an estate tax issue big time if you don't start doing something now, either giving to family or yeah. giving to charity of some sort. And, you know, I've got clients that literally donate their entire required minimum distribution to charity now, all of it. Right. And we're not talking small numbers here. Right. Because they don't need it and they don't need the taxes. And they're like, Mine, I can do this. I mean, I've got one client. He just loves it. He has this long list. He keeps changing it, put money on it. He just loves yeah. doing it. And uh, <laughs> keeps, keeps Robbie and the team pretty busy. But still, we love being able to offer that yeah. QCD option to all our clients That's awesome. and be able to, bring them, in to and bring them on board. So
1: We'll put that in the show notes, how, you know, to, how to incorporate that as an active part of your, your client experience. I want to ask you one last question okay. before we wrap up which is you're, you know, as you said, you've been in the business for a long time. You've you've had different careers in the business. You now obviously have founded and and managed and run very successfully your your firm for more than a decade. What do you think the industry looks like in the next five to 10 years?
2: As long as you are bringing value to the table, people are gonna wanna work with you, okay? When you can offer value, and the value comes in many different ways. I am not at all concerned about AI or some of the stuff they were talking about this morning. I don't see that as being, people are not going to be
1: comforted, comforted by ChatGPT.
2: And there's nothing out there that can sort of incorporate and bring, there's nothing like having a team right. working for you to look at all the issues and all the things that could happen when it comes to managing your wealth and retirement. So I think the future is very bright yeah. for advisors going forward. I think it's huge. Actually, I think it may grow because more and more people are recognizing they can't do everything, all this. Yeah. They can't manage all their money themselves. They need help in a lot of areas. They don't understand how to set up an estate plan. They don't understand some of the tax consequences that can occur when you start taking RMDs out. You know, what does that impact? You know, why didn't I do Roth conversion sooner? You know, all of the little things that you may or may not be able to pick up through these types of uh, programs and, and trying to do it yourself. Uh, I think the va- I think the future is actually very, very bright. I I'd like I li- to grow my firm really big before I step right. out,
1: and I think I, it's possible. I think you're. I think we're. I always say we're in a bull market for advice.
2: Ah, I like that bull market for advice. I yep. like that. That's very cool,
1: David. Thank you for joining Alrighty, us. Thank
2: you, Shannon. Thanks for having me here today. I, I, I knew we'd have fun with this. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. It's awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to the Disruption Blueprint podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rfgadvisory.com or schedule a call on our advisor resources page. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice. Nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific training strategy. Information here may be provided, in part, by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guest nor RFG Advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by Registered Representatives of Private Client Services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by Investment Advisory Representatives of RFG Advisory, LLC, RFG Advisory, or RFG, a registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.